these guys are good. And, um, you know, we talked at the beginning of the series about kind of having that rough first inning and it being kind of coincidence, you know, I think. So I think, you know, going forward, we feel like we're in a good spot, lining up the bullpen correctly, um, you know, and expect guys to just come in and execute. You know, tonight wasn't our night. Hey, pitching's good. It's got the hitting. It's got the hitting set away. It's Blair and Barker. Jays have today off. They'll be back uh, in action tomorrow against the New York Yankees. Todd Frazier, Jeff Passan, join us in the next hour. Lots to talk about, including the Jays, obviously, Max Scherzer, and uh, the Oakland Athletics just announcing uh, that they've purchased land in Vegas. Does it matter? They're 3-16. and 16. It doesn't matter, but they're going to move the team. That's that's <laughs> fairly important. Who cares if they're 3-16? 3-16 and, 16? and 16 in Vegas two years down the road. They'll be better anyhow. 8-1, to one, the Blue Jays lost to the Houston Astros last night. Uh, John oh, Schneider, you heard him at the start of the show talking about the rotation. I'm about... I'm a week away from declaring the rotation. Away, and, let huh? me finish. I'm a week away from declaring the rotation a non-issue. Let's see what happens Thanks, in obvious. New York. See what happens again <laughs> against the White Sox. Just wait, let me finish. What? See what happens against Seattle. At that point, I'm going to declare the rotation. If, if all we're worried about it is, is Alec Manoa and the four other dudes that got it going on, I'm going to wow. declare the rotation now, now a non-issue. Now we finally know why you get paid the big bucks. There you go. <laughs> you are all no, I over it. I, I don't know about, wow. I don't know about big bucks. I don't, even, I don't have a follow-up with that. Well, there you go. Let's you just stop it. the show. Let's just stop the show. <laughs> You're all let's talk, over it. Let's talk about the What's Leafs next? for two hours. Let's talk about the Leafs for two hours. <laughs> Man. Did you uh, take that on the way in here? In your car? No. I don't think of any. I'm say this. I don't think of anything of the way into this my car. This will go well with Kevin. Go ahead to say that. All I'm thinking of when I drive into my car is, can I squeeze between those two trucks? Probably not. I'm going to try anyhow. It is a clown um, car. You've huh? got a good chance with the clown car. It's not a clown car. It's a Volkswagen Jetta. Just because I don't drive a big, a big gas guzzling thing all, like all, you do. The only things left is you cut a hole in the floorboard. You Use need, your feet to drive it. All you, you need, need in the back all you need in the back of your car to see a, to say American waste and gas is a gun rack. That's uh, all you need in the back hey, of your, hey, of your don't truck. Hate. You're just jealous. I'm not jealous. <laughs> I'm not jealous. At least I can park my car in spots without having to have people towed. Um hey, you have to do what you have to do. Where do you want to let's let's I, I'm optimistic today. I'm in a good mood, so let's talk about Jose Barrios before we talk about the offense stinking yesterday. Let's talk about Jose Barrios, Kevin Barker. Uh yesterday. Uh the slurve was good. Real good. Got ten whiffs yesterday, seven in the slurve, twenty balls put in play. The exit velo was eighty point seven. This is a team that hits the ball pretty hard. The f- generating weak contact. Uh, Luis Garcia, obviously very good for the Astros. But this is two starts now that we've seen Jose Barrios look like the guy the Jays thought they were getting when they signed him to to a big contract. And more than anything else, to his efficiency, Kevin. Uh, you know, back in the day, that's a guy that might have thrown a complete game back in the day. Yeah, maybe. With the stuff that he maybe, had. Maybe what he pitched, pitched seven innings. He had uh, five, three up, three downs. That's a big deal. He had... Uh, in the fifth and the seventh inning, had a big double play. Those mm-hmm. those are big, right? You you. That's but how that happens efficient. because you're you working quickly. Game. Your defense uh, yeah, stays yeah, in the I game. Mean, you're, you're, made, you're throwing quality pitches. I, the, the little bit of the working quick's a little overrated at the big league level. It, these guys have been around long enough to know that you know if everything mechanically is right. The ball should go consistently where I want it to go. I think that's a lot what it was. You know, he threw more sinkers yesterday, and he threw four seamers. He reversed it. We'll mm-hmm. tell you now. And for me, the biggest. 
adjustment he's made is eliminating the windup. Like I, that for me is the biggest key there. Right? Right. It's repeatability. He can do it over and over and over again. I don't got to think about it. I don't have to think about where my hands are at. Am I tipping pitches? Nah. Why do I care now? I've, I've sort of set my glove to where it needs to be, to where everything looks the same over and over and over again. I'm not giving anything away. Uh, you know, you, we saw him yesterday. He'd throw a bad sinker. The next pitch, he'd throw another one. It was better. Like, mm-hmm. he made I, I What I say to you, it was odd that a guy had been around as long as he had. Don't such a good athlete, been around so long, why, didn't know how to self-correct. He did you? yesterday. Now he is, right? The last couple of starts, he's been able to do that. And I really do think it's... It's real simple now. That that eliminating the windup is a big deal for him, and yeah, you know, it's a he's given himself a chance to have a good out, outing by just throwing strike one, being efficient with two strikes. Uh, if he throws a bad one, he'll throw the next one better. Like it's just little things with him that make him that much better. He threw more slurs than he did throw sinkers or mm-hmm. four seamers or change-ups. That's a big deal, right? Now he's thinking more about, well, okay, if he... that guy has a weakness, I'm going to throw it because it's out in front. I'm snapping it off. They're competitive and not non-competitive. Non-competitive for him is out of the hand. It's a ball, right? Yeah. You want those tougher takes. You want that guy to have to go swing, 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 take. That way it enables him to go a little deeper in games and – He's a tougher guy on the mound now. And I look, I know you're going to go to, you know, he looks a little f- more fired up. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, I'm, I, I'm I, not. I, no, because we uh, saw the fist pump yesterday on the double plays. Yeah. That, that's kind of uh, nice to watch that. Yeah. Teddy's not thinking about all the other things, which is a big deal for him. No, I mean, I'm not at, listen, I don't go to the whole, oh, he's fired up and blah, blah, blah. He was against, he was against, he was against he was the Rays. Too, he was against the Rays, the at bat with the Rosarena because he thought yeah. a Rosarena was showing him up. And that's fine. And he was, he was, he was, absolutely he was. He was. He was. But uh, yesterday, yeah, I mean, the fist pump and everything, it's it's because everything was going well for him yesterday. It's easy to fist pump when that's happening, not so easy when you're throwing 35 pitches and you're still facing the second batter of the game. Uh, so he was really good. That's back-to-back good starts for Jose Barrios. Yeah, he only had one, uh, to end it, put a little bow yep. on it. He only had one inning out of the seven that he threw 18 pitches. Right. And the, and, the other ones were 11, 13, 5, 11, 8, 11. Yeah. That's uh, consistent. I did have, I mean, this is just like picking it, picking it nits here. Um, I don't know what that is. Nitpicking. Oh, <laughs> why did you say that? I mean, I'm just the two out, the at bat with Hensley. I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan of walking a dude in a changeup. When it's your what your third best, third or fourth, third best pitch. Uh, but again, you know, he he hit Pena with the pitch, the slurve, and walks Hensley, and then Myers comes up and hits the double. <clears throat> you know, and the Jays, I mean, that, that that wasn't the game. The game was the six run eighth inning, but but the Jays never really regained the lead. Uh, or well, didn't well, regain the, game, the lead the after game, that. The game was bases loaded, nobody sure out, and one, two, three okay. was coming up for the Blue Jays. Now I can talk that was, that was the game. Now I can talk about that. Uh, Luis Garcia has not been very good this year. We had Jeff Blum on, uh, and we had Steve Sparks on earlier, and they were talking about. And this is the guy we. This is the guy you kind of figured out with the pitch timer and with the the new uh, emphasis on on enforcing oh. the Bach rule. He looked like the type of guy because we all remember his rock the baby sort of uh, motion. He was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to have trouble with this. Now, he did have trouble initially, the first couple of stars here. But my goodness, Kevin, what was it? Uh, what was the number yesterday? That he, he threw his cutter 30, 51 he, times. 51 times. The Jays swung it at 34 times, and they missed 19 times. It's a lot. You and you want to talk about efficiency. I, I mean, that, 
you know, and now, now it's helped by the automatic, the pitch timer violation, which we'll talk about in a minute on, yeah, on Vladdy and Bo. But man, he was he was good. And then Brian Abreu comes in with the bases loaded, and, and as you said, we're on the same page. I'm saying this inning might sum up why this inning might sum up a concern I have about the Blue Jays. Bases loaded. We're in talking the, the eighth inning. Bases loaded. Meat of the orders up. No question. You're facing Brian Abreu in the playoffs. That's a playoff situation. No Dusty's going with him. Well, no doubt. Um, you don't threaten. Now, Springer hits a hits a, hits a line drive. Third baseman's there. And then, you know, because you don't take the lead in that inning, you bring Zach Pop in instead of Eric Swanson. He gets a couple of votes, and then it all falls apart. But I, I, I want to talk about the offense here. Uh, we've talked a lot about Bichette, Guerrero, Chapman, their averages, hard hits, all that good stuff. Chapman looks like he's having a good walk year, et cetera, et cetera. Springer's kind of had a, had a bit of a rough go lately, but man, Bo, Vladdy, Chapman, they look like they got it going on. And Kevin, uh, last night, um, I think there was a shot at the end of the game of Bo just sitting in the dugout as his teammates were filing past him, and he's just staring out at the field and just kind of shaking his head. Mm. Uh, Brian Abreu just shoved it up. Up, you, up there, you know what? Yeah, well, the the the, the Astros made a little adjustment to Bo. You know, I, I've been saying this to you. It's a lot easier for a guy that has the hand path that he has to hit the ball where he wants it to go when it's closer to you. It, ju- it just is. He's trying to make contact deeper into his body. It's easier for his hand path when the ball's closer, to be able to use the right side of the field, which is exactly where Bo, Bo wants the ball to go. The Astros are like, well, okay, let's see if you can do that, be mechanically sound enough to change point of contact. Don't make contact back here behind your back leg. Make it out in front, closer to your front leg. Let's see if you can do that. And that's why you saw the last three games, the two for 10 with five strikeouts. That is sort of the adjustments. You want to get a bunch of hits. Now there's going to be a bunch of smart guys behind the scenes on the other team trying to figure out how to get you out, and that's the little adjustment that they've made with Bo Bichette. He's a good hitter. He'll figure it out. He'll figure out how to, you know, just change point of contact and be maybe a little quicker with his leg kick and get the foot down a little sooner. He'll make some adjustments, so I'm assuming that's why he was sitting over there, you know, counting stars and doing whatever he was doing while he was sitting over there in the dugout. But I'm with you. It's just you you sort of notice (laughs) – You saw it sort of on both sides. You saw their pin, the way it could look late in games, in the playoffs. You're facing a really good team, top of the order. Now, if that was flipped, that's not Zach Pop. If they have the lead, they take the lead in the eighth inning. That's Swanson that comes in and not Zach Pop. I know everybody's tooting Zach Pop's horn, which he should. He's gotten off to a good start, and he's been real tough on righties. But he ain't in the playoffs in the eighth inning with a lead against a really good team like the Astros getting the ball because if he did – John Snyder would be lambasted. I just, just a, that's the way I, I never will forget Gibby when I was standing around the batting cage and I said, "Why'd you do this?" And he <laughs> he looked at me and laughed and said, "I do it sometimes so I don't have to answer the question after the game." That's sort of what you would see, you know, if the roles were reversed and and who would be coming in and who wouldn't be coming in. So yeah, I, I look again, Abreu. You just look at stats, just obvious stats, right? Righties are hitting .67 off of him. Lefties are hitting .211. Give Dusty credit. This is the guy, right? I said it, and I've said this to you since day one. What do the Blue Jays in their pen need? A legit, no-brainer, eighth-inning guy. What do the Astros have? 
a well, legit no-brainer eighth inning guy that Matt, no matter if you're left, you're right, you're getting it. My counter argument to that would be you bring Brian Abreu in. I mean, you're not pinch hitting for Springer. You're not pinch hitting for Bichette. You're not pinch hitting for Guerrero. You're not going to do that in the playoffs either. That's what I'm saying is whenever the eighth inning rolls around, I have a no-brainer guy that no matter who's up, one, two, three, four, five, six, whoever it is in the meat of the order, whether they're two lefties or righty, three lefties, you're getting that guy. I know the difference is that 211 and 67, and that would be nice to have a legit Left-handed hitter that can go line to line doesn't matter in that situation. It doesn't matter in that situation. You're not you're not pinch hitting for those guys. I'm not saying pinch hitting. I'm saying if they perfect scenario to make them a legit contender to go and win a World Series because of what you're going to see from legit teams that have muscle that can match up with your muscle. You might like to have that lefty right, which is I mean we're dreaming here because it ain't going to happen. You got what you got in the first three guys, and you'll take your chances if you're John with the three guys that are up front. But I'm just saying, that's sort of what you're seeing here, right, is to be legit and have that real chance of beating those legit teams, you can sort of see, right, even when they're facing the big-time teams, of how they're going to attack them. I mean, they threw George Springer six pitches. All six of them were sliders. He threw it 3-2 with the bases loaded. Because yep. that's how you get him out. Yep. I mean, he's going to let trying to let him get himself out. Now, he had a line drive third, which is just bad luck. But that point being is, you're going to get it because I don't think you can hit it. And he struck out Bichette on a slider. I mean. Yeah, but it's the pitch timer thing, right? Well, let's 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 talk about that because John Schneider was asked about this. Um, Vladdy was actually called out on, on, on strike strikes strike. in the first inning. It ended because of the pitch timer violation. Eye contact, right? Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Eye contact, right. You had an, With eight yeah. seconds. Right. Yeah. Uh, he had not made eye contact. Bo was uh, assessed. I don't even know how you describe it. Was assessed an automatic strike. Before the start of the at-bat in the, well, obviously not, but I mean before pitch was thrown in in the eighth inning. Um, neither of them are, I guess you can't argue with the pitch timer goes off on the umpire's wrist and it is what it is. But John Schneider was asked about this afterwards. The Jays have been pretty good in this regard. And you pointed out, he came up to talk to the umpires at one point. Yeah. And... It was about well, I, well, I really don't know what it was about. I haven't asked. I mean, they got in at like four thirty, but you can assume. Okay, that well, that's here, probably let's, what let's, they're talking let's hear about. the clip from John Schneider. Yeah, the pitch timer, kind of a bow there, and kind of all night. You know, it was weird. I don't know. I think our guys. It seemed like it was going quick. I mean, nothing crazy. It just seemed like you know we haven't had a violation in so long, and we kind of stopped looking at the clock, and then it kind of came. You know, Vladdy with the strikeout, and then Bo getting behind the eight ball there. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, you want that spot. You want those three dudes up against anybody at any time and bases loaded, no outs. And, you know, KK and Lukey work great at bats, you know. Um, yeah, so it just didn't go our way tonight. All right. I mean. What does that mean? I, I don't know. It's not like I. I mean, the umpire's got a. The umpire has something on the wrist that goes off to tell someone yeah, when there's been a violation. Correct me if I'm wrong too. I I also think that the so. person that does the timer, the pitch timer, is hired from Major League Baseball, not hired from the Astros. Yeah, no. So there you go. So it's not like the Astros are hiring some guy to be quicker on the clock at home. I mean, I than they would be on the road. I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure that's the I, case. I, I honestly, I, I mean, the point is, the point is, I have. I haven't heard it brought up any at any point. At no it's point this year have I heard anybody yeah. wonder about the pitch timer. And, and that's fair. I mean, I think 
there's nothing wrong if you're John Schneider with bringing uh, something to the attention of umpires during it. Mean, it was clear he wasn't chapped about it. It was clear he was just out having a conversation about it. And I'm, I'm fine with that. It did. The, the Bo thing puzzled me because Bo's generally, and, and I, I admit, I was like kind of watching it and not watching it at the time. That kind of puzzles me. But but I'll say this, Bo didn't he didn't blink twice. He he didn't, and it's a really big part of the game too. Yeah, but he didn't blink twice. Like I, either either he knew that he'd violated it or he just didn't give a rat's ass. And I've got to think it was that he knew because there wasn't even a look like a look back at the umpire or anything like that. It was kind of like a I got caught. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was Uh-oh, this um, dude's really nasty, and and I'm down to one. That's that's sort well, of the think sort of the thinking. I mean, he's not 99 with a slider yeah. that's tunneling. Off the, the good news is stuff. one less slider you're going to see. That's that is the that is the good news though. It's it's one less one less slider you're going to see. Uh, Zach Pop, we talked about the Zach Pop came in, and you're right here. They, they take the lead there. They get they get a couple of runs. It's Eric Swanson's baby. Zach Pop comes in, gets uh, Myers and Maldonado, and, and then just can't get. I mean, he can't get anybody out. There's no other way to he compounds it with a walk. He can't get anybody out. Adam Simber comes in, gives up a home run to Pena, and uh, there you go. Um, you know, I, I will say this, I, I, this is the two run single that, that, that Abreu got it was not a bad pitch. It was an O2 slider. It was not a horrible pitch, but it was good enough that he could reach it and, and drive in the run. Oh, it's a run Zach, producer. Zach Pop is, um, they are trying, we talked about this last year. We've talked about it all year. They think they have something with Zach Pop. I think they have something with Zach Pop. I like Kevin. I like that we're finding out right now whether whatever they have with Zach Pop is going to play this year and what role it's going to play. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with that. Um, I would have had a problem had they taken the lead and he come out. Yeah, John's not going to do that. John's not going to do that. But I, I, I would have had a problem then. But, uh, I mean, you see it. You see it, right? You see the stuff. You see the execution. And then it just seems like... And bad for a middle reliever. It seems like when it goes, it goes with him. Yeah, I guess. I, th- I think a lot of it is who he's facing, uh, how much he's married to the slider, uh, how good and efficient he is with quality stuff when it's two strikes. To, uh, uh, Buck Martinez said it right. Abreu is hunting a secondary pitch. That's how you make a living of driving in runs because you know you have to in the heat of the moment hit something that's spinning, you're going to have to. Like, it's going to be that strike-to-ball thing, and the longer you stay on it and the, and the more you stay in the big part of the field gives you a better chance to have length with your barrel, which in turn gives you a chance to get a bloop single. That's why you drive in 100 runs. That's why he's called a run producer. Nobody likes hearing that in 2023, and nor do you, until the Blue Jays come up with the bases loaded uh, and they're top three hitters and don't do it, and then everybody wants to yell and scream about it. I don't have a, pro- the, I don't far- have a problem with the run idea of run producers. Run producers are far and few between. Abreu's one of them, and you saw what that is. And I think Zach Pop, sort of sometimes. You, hey, why, the- can't, why, can't, why can't Matt Chapman be a run producer? I'm not producer. saying he can't. Well, why can't well, he Dalton hasn't shown, Varsho be yeah, a run producer? Because he hasn't shown he can do that yet. He hasn't had enough time in the big leagues. Track records don't lie. It, Rod Crew used to at always point, tell At some point, Jose Abreu became a run producer. Yeah, because he had like six or seven years in a row where he dro- drove in 100-plus runs. That's called a run producer because those are far and few between. I could look it up on how many people drive in 100 runs. It ain't many. 
And when you can do it consistently, it's like Rod Carew used to tell me all the time. When I, I got somebody would get off to a hot start who's a career 240 hitter who's had like that seven years of experience and sort of that's the track record, right? Of mm-hmm. If you're a 240 hitter, at you're, the end of the year, you'll be a 240 hitter. Run producers are no different. All right. But it's like everybody wants to just throw their hands in the air and be like, oh, really? No, I think. How do you have the conversation? No, you have I, think, to I think what people people view RBIs as a team stat. I it's don't not, think. I don't think the they team's nece- not standing in the box. I don't think they necessarily. I don't think they necessarily uh, denigrate or talk down the idea of a run producer. I think people just people. People just view it a little more differently, a, a little differently than other people. And I would than, say those than, than we used to view it. We should talk about RBI. To get one. Well, whenever you talk about the offense for the Blue Jays, what's the first thing out of your mouth? They were one for a what with runners in scoring position. Oh, they were oh for a what with runners in scoring position and two outs. If it doesn't matter to you, why would you say it out loud? That's the thing, right? It is a big deal because when you go to the box, it's like the base is loaded. George Springer was struggling like they ain't nobody's business. He's coming up with the bases loaded facing a dude who is nasty. He basically knows what he's getting. It's me against you. It ain't the team standing up there. It's him. That's my point. It's like Bo coming up and that, that strike one, He's you could tell it's churning, trying to figure it out. I'm two for ten with four punchies or whatever, two for nine, whatever it was. I've been struggling. Because of whatever, they've made an adjustment. That's my point. I think sometimes got to give them a little love. Like, it's hard to do driving in runs. That's all. You like mm. to have a run producer hitting cleanup for the Blue Jays? I mean, I like to have somebody hitting cleanup for the Blue Jays. <clears throat> and, I, and I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of the continued use of Dalton Varsho as a cleanup hitter. I... I, I they don't have an option. I get that. Um, but I don't know what to make of that. And I'm, it's just, it's just funny that with all the money, it's funny that with this payroll, you can look at the Jays and look at and come up with two things in particular that concern you, one of them being the lineup. I find that odd. I find that odd. Well, it's parts of the lineup. I don't think it's the lineup parts. Well, it's parts of it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, parts yeah. of it. It it's it looks it almost looks incomplete. I, I guess that's, that's what I'm thinking. It, it looks, it looks incomplete. Word. Yeah, I, I look at that lineup and I go, man, there's some real good hitters, and you got a guy hitting ninth, Kevin Kiermaier, who looks at, but there's just something missing, and. Maybe it's that Teoscar Hernandez dude in the middle of the order. I mean, 25 and 80. I don't know. Would he have changed something last night coming up with? I mean, I hey, that's know. a good question, right? A possibility. Uh, yeah. you got, with Teo, though, you also got to factor he, in. There's a possibility he would have made a mistake. The, the in base running, he would have run all over. Yeah. The place. Yeah, the, the, the Dalton Var show, the only – he is a great athlete. He is going to turn into a good hitter. Great hitter, that's debatable. But the question is, on a contending team early in the season, coming over to a new team, a guy that's had 990 at-bats at the big league level, you're asking a lot. Like, you're asking him to follow a couple of dudes in the lineup. That's not the easiest thing to do. I know his demeanor, and that's what they're banking on, is that he just is not paying any attention to it. He's a human being. Like, sorry, you are. 
Like you're standing over there and you're going, I'm trying to live up to that. I know I'm coming up with lots of traffic. And if if, if we're facing a lefty and Chapman's hitting cleanup, he's going to be on base all the time because he's raking. Now I'm coming up and the pressure, my first at bat because it's first and second and two outs is huge. That's all I'm saying is it's it's a lot to ask. Like you're putting a lot of pressure. They think very highly of him. They don't, they don't even have to come out and say it because of where they're putting him in the lineup. So we'll see if it's going to work, right? It's, And that's the only thing I said about Brandon Belt. I'm not saying that Brandon Belt's a better hitter than Dalton Varsho. I just said you want to just let him get in the flow, let him gain so much confidence that now when you do put him in the cleanup spot or the, or the five spot, now he's not paying any attention who's hitting around him because it's just free and easy. I'm getting my pitch, and I'm just hammering that thing. And, I don't know, we'll see. Play great defense, he runs the bases. But you got to be on the bases, too. Yeah, we'll see uh, three games in the Bronx, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Yankees. So far, in six games, this is a tough part of the schedule, six games against, so far, against the Rays and the Astros. They're three and three, took the series against Tampa, uh, lost the series to Houston, Yankees, White Sox, Mariners, White Sox and Mariners at home. This is this is a this is a part of the schedule that, that that's going to bite. I, I, coming out of Houston, because I got the sense when we were talking this morning earlier that you the way they lost those games in Houston or the way they were unable to put the Astros away concerned you. I don't know why it wouldn't. You're a Blue Jays fan. You're 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 trying to win a championship. You're going to have to go probably through the Astros. The road. You're going to have to beat the Yankees. You're going to have to beat the Rays. Like I know you took two out of three, but I'm saying like the at bats. The now again, one of those. You know, the Kevin Gossman thing is. I'm just going to. Uh, yeah, you just, absolutely. You put that over here. No question. You put that over here. Probably not going to happen a ton. Good Kevin Gossman start. Maybe you win. Maybe. Maybe without that one bad inning, probably. Maybe you'll, you at least so have a better talking, chance of having right. an opportunity but late the, in the, the game. The point, what, I, what I'm getting at, though, is we saw some things for the Ast- from the Astros versus the Jays that would probably concern Yeah, D- Dusty basically was telling you these games mean a lot, right? We haven't been playing well. We had I need on to throw my best. About, he I talked need, about. I'm going to give you my yeah. best guys. We know the Jays are good. they got a good lineup. We're going to have to make good pitches. Well, it helps when you have that guy. They're going to get those guys late in the season. Yeah. They're going to get those guys in the playoffs. Can you match up? Like Tim Mesa oozing confidence? Because he's going to get it. He's on the team. They're married, and John Snyder's married, too. There's two lefties in the seventh inning coming up. He's getting the ball. Shohei Watani and whoever else, like, you're going to get them. Do you feel confident? That's the point. We've been talking about this since day one, right? That's, are they, we know they're a good team, but because of what we've seen against the really good teams, their lineup, you know, the the slider to the righty lineup, is it the lefties, are they doing enough? Are they a great team? They're a good team. They're a playoff team, but are they a great team? And do they make some adjustments throughout the season to become a great team? I think they can. Todd Frazier's co-host of Foul Territory. He's also a Yes Network analyst. He joins us at 1110. We'll look ahead to that Yankees series. Nice. The Yankees coming off a uh, series against Shohei Otani. And did you see Aaron Judge's catch with Shohei Otani yesterday? The home run. It was something else. Jeff Passan joins us as well. The back leg line is open, 416-413-3959. We have tickets to give away. When we come back, we're going to talk about Barker's favorite topic, Umpires holding pitchers' hands. 
massaging their hands, trying to figure out what that sticky stuff is in the hands. Max Scherzer was ejected, faces a 10-game suspension, two-start oh, suspension. Oh he, oh, he will get oh, it. He's getting it. He will get it. No question. Uh, after who else? Phil, Cousy. your boy, yeah, Phil Cuzzy. Yeah. Uh, didn't like how sticky his hand. I mean, can't put it any other way. Didn't like how sticky his hands were. We'll walk you through it. We'll hear from Max Scherzer, and we'll hear from Buck Showalter as well. As I always say in these situations, if Buck Showalter knew there were going to be days like yesterday, he would not have invented the game of baseball. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Got tickets to give away. Tickets, tickets. I got tickets to see the Jays and the Braves. We'll do it in the uh, 11 o'clock hour. The Todd Father. Todd Frazier will join us. Jeff Passon as well. Todd Frazier's co-host of Foul Territory. Yes, network analyst. Play this week. I played with him when I was with every Yeah. He's one of the uh, one of the true dudes in the game. On his dude scouting list, human. he'd get a 60 on the dude scouting report. Hmm. Uh, actually, their Foul Territory podcast, they spoke to Max Scherzer earlier this week, and they were talking about sticky stuff and the crackdown and sticky stuff and... One of Max Scherzer's comments was, you know, look, we understand that this is the reality of the situation, but he would kind of prefer if there is a way of checking the pitchers in the tunnel before. He thinks it looks dumb to have guys, you know, feeling feeling his hand out on the, on the middle of the field. And, I mean, I tend to... I, I takes seconds. To, I, I tend to agree. I that do, part it. takes seconds. Just You're walking off. They, anyhow, they rub their hand across you. Anyhow, uh, so far, three pitchers have been ejected. By who, Jeff? By umpire Phil Cuzzy, who ejected Max Scherzer before the fourth inning yesterday. Uh, three dudes have been thrown out, all of them by Cuzzy. Hector Santiago of the Seattle Mariners, then the Seattle Mariners in 2021. Uh, later that year, Caleb Smith of the Diamondbacks was throwing it. Dude, well, in th- that instance, due to sticky substance. Now, in, the, in, in this case, essentially the nature of the argument is that the umpires, when they did their routine check, thought that Scherzer's hand was stickier than usual. usual. He said it was from a mixture of rosin and sweat in the glove. They said, fine, clean it off. He came back out, different glove, checked again. And, well, he ended up he ended up being ejected. And his comment was that it was just a mixture of ros- rosin and, and, and sweat, which it could have been. But as Ken Rosenthal, Ken Rosenthal wrote an article in The Athletic that really broke it down better than anything I've read so far. First of all, uh, the rules are clear. Um, secondly... They are not clear. Just let me finish. Secondly, Scherzer says that he came out of the dugout. His hand was sticky because he'd put rosin and sweat on in the dugout. So you can't do that. his hands with alcohol. Let me just finish. Yeah, but you can only use the rosin bag on the mound. So you can't use a rosin bag in the dugout. You can only use a rosin bag that's on the mound. 
Um, now, what, what has really kind of messed this up, of course, is we saw a situation with uh, uh, Domingo Herman of the Yankees on the weekend. Essentially, he was given, go wash your hands, go wash. It was like your mother. Wash your hands. You're not, get, you're, not, you're not getting a second helping until you wash your hands. I mean, the umpire's bent over backwards for him. Rocco Baldelli of the Twins came out and said, the hell, like, the rule's a rule's a rule. What are you giving this guy a second chance for? Baldelli got tossed. That and the issue here, and Scott Borsler, the issue here is what is the standard? Like, is what did he call it, the koozie spectrometer or something like that? Like, what is the standard? You know, people are saying that perhaps what you need to do is there has to be, you know, if a pitcher has a notable notable increase in spin, because you can track this in real time. If a person has a notable increase in spin, a pitcher has a notable increase in spin, then maybe you crack down on it. Or you look at it. Um, I mean, this could all be solved if Major League Baseball could come up with a way to make the balls tacky enough that it kept everybody happy, which is supposedly what they're working on now. Anyhow, that doesn't help the Mets. They're already without Verlander. They're, they're, I mean, they're in a world of hurt with their pitching right now. Now they may not have Max Scherzer for two starts, 10 games as a result of that. So uh, Max Scherzer gets tossed. This is uh, Mets manager Buck Showalter, friend of the show. Talking about Max Scherzer's injection, uh, ejection, could be an injection, Max Scherzer's ejection and what the umpire told him. What you saw and what happened um, from when Max was asked to switch his glove leading up to the ejection. I oh, will let it run its course. I'm not going to walk back through that and everything, uh, you know. Of course he does. Let it run its course. We feel pretty comfortable about what went on where Max is concerned. What did they say he was ejected for? Uh, well, he's using rosin, what's on the field, and... Uh, that's, you know, it's a substance that's very legal. Wiped it off, washed it. I don't know. You have to. Phil's certainly uh, been a guy that's been known for that, so we'll see. If Phil thought there was something there, why initially did he send him back out for a different glove and then the second time eject him? He just didn't like that there were rosin on his hand. And, uh, you know, you have to ask him. You know, I, I've, I've got, I'm uh, biased, but it was a great game. Really proud of our guys. What a what a team effort. That's as good a game as you want to see. <laughs> almost got it. The, 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 you know what? I I thought it, he almost sounds like Doug Ford. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> he almost sounds like Doug Ford. That yeah, well, we got a trouble, but boy, oh boy. Anyway. Can I ask you a question? Yes. How come we don't see Phil standing in front of microphones and cameras? He he was asked. No, I'm not talking about it behind closed doors where nobody can see Phil's face. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about coming up on a booth. Sitting in front of everybody and being like, and having a reporter go, "Hey, you're the only person that throws anybody that's out." The way, Why? That's the way it's done in well, that's sports. Silly. That's, that's sad. the way it's done in that's sports. Sad. Do you see, you're the one that continues to do. How it? many times so do you? How many do times do you see referees in other sports doing uh, media availability? Man, Actually, like, baseball has. It's like ba- uh, baseball's umpires. Baseball's umpires generally are more accessible than other sports officials when it comes to that you go and you I get a, never you, seen you one go of face after a game after they've done something they probably quite frankly Joyce. shouldn't have done i mean it's you're you're okay i'm just saying when you consistently be the only person that's doing something i don't but why, he, don't, why don't you come out and but here's the thing stand i stand in front of everybody be proud of what you're doing it's not I, I don't think it's for him to answer i think it's for the commissioner's well, office to answer it's for the commissioner's office well, to answer. I, I guess he's the only one. Uh, he's the only one. Anyhow, the explanation. Games. The explanation from Dan Bellino, who was the uh, who who did talk to the umpires, the crew chief. The explanation from him was that, in fact, as he said, Max's hands were stickier than other hands. <laughs> this is what he said. His hands were stickier than than 
than uh, any other hands we've seen. And that the, the umpires were saying that even after they'd finished it, they felt the stickiness in their hands. I mean, it is what it is. The, the, the problem here, well, let's hear from Max before we go to the problem here. This is Max Scherzer explaining what happened uh, and how he felt that he shouldn't have been ejected. So after the second inning, uh, you know, my hand, it was a little clumpy uh, from the rosin and sweat that it was clumpy and Phil was, told me to wash off. So I washed it off, uh, you know, came back out no there. No dessert if you don't wash the it third, off. You know, with alcohol, you know, I wash it with alcohol um, and rosin. And when I went back out there, um, you know, the alcohol for a little bit there can be sticky if, in rosin. It, that can happen. So he was like, that's too sticky. You need to go back on there, wash it off again and reapply uh, the rosin. And so I did that, and then at the same time, he thought my glove had too much rosin on it. And I was like, okay, if that's a problem, you know, there's there's nothing going on. It, you know, he's like, you need a new glove. Like, okay. So I come back out, uh, pitch the third, uh, and knew I was going to get checked in the fourth. So I, I'd have to be an absolute idiot to do try to do anything when I'm coming back out for the fourth. So in, in, the, in the, you know, after that third inning, um, I'm in front of the MLB official that's that's underneath here. I wash my hand with alcohol in front of the official. Um, I then apply a rosin, and then I grab sweat. Um, but you can't. When I then I then go back out there, and Phil Cuzzy says that my hand's too sticky. Uh, I, I don't get. It. Yes, when you use sweat and rosin, your hand is sticky. But I don't get how I get ejected when I'm when I'm in front of MLB officials doing exactly exactly what you want and being deemed my hands too sticky when I'm using legal substance. I do not understand that. Okay, and of course, stickiness increases spin, et cetera, et cetera, all that good stuff. No, but I mean... It didn't increase spin. No, but I mean, but well, then why do guys use sticky stuff? To keep from chucking it at somebody's ear. But, okay, but it can also, we've also talked about... We've also also talked about how we think there are guys who use sticky stuff to increase spin. (laughs) Well, we have. That's one of the reasons they want it. Anyhow... Uh, so, and this is, uh, Scherzer. Well, okay. Why, why does, why do they do it? Yeah. You, you can't, you can't, you can't seriously, people can't seriously listen to both sides of this and, and go, this is the, no, we're not, you're missing the point. If Max, this is what Max Scherzer said. You're missing the point. This is what Max Scherzer said. What did Phil say after you clearly explained that to him on the field? He said, my hand's too sti- sticky. And I said, I swear on my kid's life, I'm not using anything else. This is sweat and rosin, sweat and rosin. I keep saying it over and over. And they touch my hand. They say it's sticky. And i like, yes, it is because it's sweat and rosin. And they say it's too sticky. It's not, and it, it, they threw me out because of that. All right. Um, so anyhow, so there you go. He I says, know, she I, says. I still don't know what point I'm missing. But no, what, but what, what no, 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 no. All, all I'm saying is I want you to tell people, in addition to control, why, why it's a big deal. There are people out there listening. Oh, well, don't, don't so, put so, stuff so, in the so ball. It's exactly the same reason why I use pine tar on my bat. Thank so you. I don't chuck the bat in the stands. The baseball's no different. Yeah. Like you, it's when it's newer and you don't throw it as much, you don't grip it as hard. It's hard to control. Okay. Like it doesn't come off the fingers the way you want it to. Which That's is That's why they still have the rosin bag. Right. And and Major League Baseball is attempting to come up with the develop a ball that is tackier. I think they might be using it in Japan or Korea or something like that. Anyhow, here, here's the the problem with this is you can put a rule in place, but there's got to be some sort of standardization. And and you can't you can't just leave it up to you can't just leave it up to the umpire. It's like one umpire. If, if there's one umpire. But exactly. It Nobody else. It's one umpire. But you can't 
and, and this is why it really stands up. And then, I, I don't know why the commissioner's office just doesn't talk to him about it. Like this, this is this is what this is what I don't get. If it's one guy, if it's one guy, then it's very easy to address that, that's to address a, that's the situation. A, that's an easy answer. They have no idea what too much is. What's too much? Is it is it if you can't put it on your arm? Clearly, every it, it is. You can't put it on other, your glove. You're going to have it on both hands, every, so it's going to get on your. Every glove. other umpire, they seem to have an. That's they, my that's my point. Is right. how, do, how do you because there's the whatever the rule is that you're reading that says you can it's use a, it, but you can't you're, use it you're, too much. You're entirely what's too much. You're putting it entirely in the hands of the umpire, which is is just, is just dumb. But I don't know what else you would do. Like I said, there are you know there are. People are saying there's got to be a way to measure pitches and spin and all this stuff and detect movement in this. And, boy, if there's a red zone, you know, this guy, boy, his pitches are a little different tonight. Let's go and check it out. Yeah. But, but you know, this gets to <laughs> it, it's just it adds more. It, it just adds more stuff off the field needed to judge stuff that's happening that's happening on the field. If Max Scherzer say, and this is where Scherzer's his own worst enemy by the rules are, to put a lot of it. Well, on the his rules are very clear. You wrong. also can't do it in the dugout. Like that is there. You use the rosin bag on the mound. Sounds to me like everybody does that. Not Herman, very, Herman, Herman did it. Scherzer does it. I don't know if any blue members. I no, ask. When we had uh, when we had Jason Stark on earlier so you're this not week, supposed to, but I think they but, do anyway. But let me when we had Jason Stark on this week, and you agreed when he said this. How many times? How many? Well, how many? Let me finish. How many pitchers do we know use rosin in the dugout? Most of them do use the rosin on the mound. Like, I, there's no reason to be putting stuff on in the dugout. Have you, have you ever really paid attention to what a pitcher does between innings enough that he would see him over there bouncing up and down a rosin? I I got to be honest with you. I I don't really do that. So I've I don't never know seen. If, like, I mean, I haven't seen it enough. Years ago, that they would, I don't have any idea. That's I mean, why I'm asking it's, you. If you've well, it's, seen a, that. it's entirely. I mean, back in the day, you know what they were doing? They were going into Absolutely. the. You're going into the clubhouse and putting like bullfrog, uh, the the you know the sunscreen and that on their hands. But again, this is the thing. This is what baseball does that that does drive me nuts. It's almost like this. They're trying to have rules and guidelines, and you just like you. Unless you can come up with a way to standardize it, it's it's hard to enforce this. Like if well, my if what if if what my view of too much stickiness is deals with is different than your view mm -hmm. the hell why are we even oh, why do we have this rule in oh, place and i'll tell oh, you what i'll respect. tell you what i would also be really concerned about because we all know everybody loves sports gambling everybody loves gaming it is a big it is a big money maker for tv it's a huge it's going to be a huge money maker for the game all this stuff now you're going to tell me and this is where you get to, frankly, consumer confidence. If you want to, if you want to come down to it, there. I mean, and I don't look. I don't care if people gamble and lose money. It's no skin off my ass. It's your money. You can do what you want with it. But man, if you it, promote it, then you got to be yeah, smart about exactly. it. Exactly. Your point. If 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 if, if I'm promoting something. <laughs> oh, by the way, though, you may lose your bet because one umpire is feeling a guy's hand. He goes too sticky, but. Every other An one umpire, doesn't care. Exactly. So maybe now we could have a thing where, I mean, I don't know, is there going to be an over-under and dudes ejected by Phil Cuzzy in a, in, a, in a game? I mean, I don't understand. It's, it's, it's bizarre. And, and frankly, baseball, 
baseball has to baseball has to fix it because it it's unless they the take it away that, they can't fix it unless they take it away from they can't fix it. but you what's you, too much you mean take away what's rosin too, what's you, too, you, you can't, can't take, take away rosin away. what's too much you can't you can't and, fix it and and as and as the the commissioner's office did point out and and Rosenthal talks about this um it has come up that perhaps the proper way to proceed with this is collect data and then if it's obvious that guys are if there's an obvious difference in spin or anything like that then okay you you put a guy on on warning there's a list right the problem is the players association this is according to the commissioner's office the players association doesn't want that jeff, jeff this is real simple it's real simple. This is real simple. You get every single umpire in the room. Use some common sense. If 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 you you're the you're you could be the grown up in the room. You did, did Max Scherzer put too much on? Probably. Did did he try and prove a point after he had was forced to wash you his know hands? He did. Absolutely. He's at fault here too. Oh, Bill could have walked down in the tunnel with him and said, "I'm." I really don't want to stand out here and have this conversation and have everybody in baseball have to talk about this tomorrow because I'm going to have to suspend a first ballot Hall of Famer. He could walk down in the tunnel and just say, do me a favor. Don't put as much. I'm not asking you not to use it. Just don't take it on to where I have to come over and have the conversation. He could do that. But then, the okay. Grown up but the, in the room. But, but, but. How but, hard is that? But we get to the, but this gets to the. Max Scherzer, un- unless Max Scherzer did this deliberately to prove a point, he's done this. Did it last year? Did it so far this year? Did it in spring training? He's passed all those tests, right? I mean, he, I, I, I presume that this is kind of what he normally does. Maybe because it was hotter. Maybe he needed more because it was hotter. He's a sweater. But, uh, again, you, you don't put a rule in place and then – have one guy be an obvious outlier. Like, it's just, I'll tell you what. I mean, if it's a big game and Phil Cousy, uh, Cousy's working your game, I mean, I don't know. I, I got to ask you, is this, I mean, uh, from a neutral person's it, it, point, from a, a from, from a neutral person's point on it. Well, from a neutral person's <laughs> point of view, I'm asking myself, hang on here. Now, one guy is doing this all the time. One guy is materially affecting the outcome of a game. Yeah. One guy. Yeah. One guy is materially affecting the outcome of the game. I mean, the commissioner's office has to address it. They, they just have to address it. And guys are always going to try to get away with stuff. They always are. They're always going to try to get you away with stuff. You know, as well stuff, as I but- do, baseball is just like, it's like just every other business. It's a pecking order. First ballot Hall of Famer should have a little bit more leanings no, than everybody see, I, else. You walk down the tunnel if you're Phil Cuzzy and you say exactly what I just said. See that, I don't I, want to stand out here and have this conversation I disagree. with you. Just do me a favor and don't put as much. See, I did. Max they, have been like, no. okay, sorry about it. Well, you, you hope he does. What if he doesn't? I mean, that's I, basically, I, I, that's basically I, I, what again, they're you're telling people but, you can't Kevin, put rosin on. You, that's basically what they did. They gave him a second chance. They gave him a second chance. And he went and washed his hands. Again, again, and then, uh, again we're running around in circles here over one umpire. Well, one umpire. No, we're agreeing on we're around, agreeing, running around in circles. We're we're agreeing on it that it's a stupid rule unless it, and and it's and, and unless you can figure out a way to standardize it. We we're in agreement on that. And I made this I point just, last year and you rolled your eyes. This is dumb. 
it's, you know what? It creates, it's dumb having umpires check dudes' hands. It's just yeah, I don't think that's dumb. a big deal. It's dumb. It, it's dumb when you make a guy take his glove off and, and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, hang on. Whoa, whoa, why is it waist sticking? Why is that Why dumb? is it waist sticking? So it's okay and to you make him go wash his hands, it's which okay, is fine. It's okay to check a guy's hand, but you can't check his glove. I, I had... No, they check their gloves, too. That's what I'm saying. But no, you, his glove's going to be sticky because it's on both hands. You know what he does when he gets a new baseball? He yeah. takes his glove off and he just, rubs the ball you, down. You just made the point that you, like, you, you, can't understand why, why it's sticky. you can't understand why they're checking gloves. I'm saying you've got to check gloves if you're going to check hands. I mean, it's, a, it's a little bit much when you make a guy go and change gloves. No? Which gets... And your point about going down and, and, and giving him a warning. That's what Rocco, it's not even a warning. Uh, that's it's what not, Rocco Baldelli not, was arguing it's about. It's not a warning. You it's shouldn't. just walking down there need, going, hey, dude, I don't want to have this conversation. Why? Why we you told do, you. You know what? I, my counter argument to that would be, you know what the rule is? Don't break it. And that's what Rocco Baldelli I mean, was saying. I he thought he wasn't breaking That's what Rocco Baldelli was saying. Why, are you, again, giving, you don't why know, are you giving this guy I, a second I, chance? I will still ask you, how do you know too much? If you're a baseball, if you're a pitcher in baseball, how do you know too much? You don't. That's the point. It entirely Umpires depends on the empire. Use common sense. Yeah. Obviously, there is none. I don't have to answer for it. Why can't I do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it? I just think there's a way to make this thing a lot smoother. And I would certainly, if I'm the commissioner, be talking to hey, Phil, hey, be, be talking to Phil Cuzzy this gone. morning. And again, maybe that's knowing Max Scherzer. Maybe he intentionally did that to create an issue. I mean, that's... Anyhow. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Todd Frazier about it. He had Max Scherzer on his podcast earlier this week. Todd Frazier talk. joined us next. Jeff Passon as well. I got tickets to give away. It's Blair and Barker on 590 and 360. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Judge still back on the track at the wall. He leaps and he makes the play. He took away a home run and made the play. Well, Michael, you can't make this up. This is star power right here. Otani goes dead center field. Aaron Judge says, nope. I get all six, seven to me up. Oh, and that's a ricochet, not in the pocket. Kind of a rebound tip to yourself. But Aaron Judge comes up with it. Otani can catch his helmet on swing and miss. Aaron Judge can catch the ball off the heel. There you go. The MVP chance in New York yesterday for Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge robbing Shohei Otani of a home run. 3-2, the Yankees beat the Angels. The Yankees uh, will take on the Blue Jays in a three-game series starting tomorrow in the Bronx. We'll have those games, of course, on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, and uh, the game itself, tomorrow night's game, is an Apple TV game. So uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan, will give you the, the, local, the local coverage, and we'll be doing a post-game show after that. Uh, it'd be fun if Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani were teammates, wouldn't it? <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be awesome. Would it be awesome? No. That <laughs> would not be. I, it would be great because we could see Shohei Otani in the Eastern time zone. Which would be exciting, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Think well, about Jays that. would get that a lot. They would see them a lot, and him. Yeah. It looks to me like he's going to be a Dodger, but he's going to be a Giant. 
anyhow. But I've said that about other players, too, and it hasn't happened. Uh, we've been giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. Text it to 590-590. Yesterday's question and answer was which Braves player was ruled safe when he dove back into second base but should have been the third out in a triple play in game three of the 1992 Braves Blue Jays World Series. The answer was Dion Sanders. Never would have got that. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and the Braves down at the Rogers Center on May 13th. I was disappointed in myself because this is a relatively recent question. And I you liter- had a good guess, though. Well, yeah, but I, I had a good guess, and then I had another good guess, and then 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 I gave up. Anyhow, uh, which Braves player was named World Series MVP in 2021? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Again, which Braves player was named World Series MVP in 2021? Uh, the back leg line is open, 416-413-3959. We will get to it after Jeff Passan joins us in the bottom of the hour. Lots to talk about Mr. P- with Mr. Passan. Obviously, Max Scherzer, uh, Max Scherzer's potential 10-game suspension. The Oakland Athletics announcing today that they have purchased land in Las Vegas. Did you see the story about the possum hanging out of the the visiting TV booth in in uh in oakland and i've been going back and forth with shulman on it on twitter because shulman saw an unidentified uh an an unidentified walking object in his backyard and it turned out to be a possum and then of course yesterday they were chasing a possum in one of the upper levels at dodger stadium they had uh you know the the pest control people or whatever there to get rid of it so there's like a possum invasion in baseball Possums and Phil Cuzzy. I just thought that was kind of funny. Mm. Possum invasion in baseball. So here are the Yankees. Uh, yesterday was their first walk-off win in, in the season. Uh, of the season, pardon me. Their first walk-off win of the season. Uh, they're 6-1 following a loss this year. They're 9-0 and in games when facing a series loss. They have not lost a series yet, I believe, or did they lose it? No, they've lost a series already. Um, So we've got Yusei Kikuchi against Domingo Herman. Yusei Kikuchi generally pitches okay in the Bronx. He'd be fine. Against Domingo Herman. And then I guess the piece de resistance Saturday, Garrett Cole against Alec Manoa. The come and get you some bowl is where you... Referring to it as well, of course, the, the game in New York last year where Cole was yapping at Manoa. Manoa basically said he's through a know, lot. Come get you some. Come get you. Well, I, yeah, the yeah. thing about it, next time, walk past the Mercedes Benz logo to get out in the field and get at me. Mm-hmm. Audi, pardon me. Well, the hell did you well, know that? Right. He watches the games. Audi, Mercedes. It doesn't matter. Grotesquely over. Overpriced car. I guess. Those are nice. Anyhow, the idea was come and get you some, of course. Back and forth. Boys will, pure boys will be boys stuff. Um, but it will be, you know, we talked about Alec Manoa as a guy. Emotion is something that drives him. Uh, it, emotion, I think, had an impact on what happened in the season opener. No question. The home opener, 
I think it did, although I think we're now we know that there's some didn't other help. issues that didn't help. Saturday in the Bronx against Garrett Cole. Is it good or is it good or bad for Alec Manoa to be put in that situation right now or it doesn't matter? Yeah, I don't think it matters. Okay. Uh, Matt, I think it's more about him mechanically being better, finish being somewhat decent. I mean, he's not a great finisher anyway. He's always going to fall off to the first base side, but he's got to use his legs a little bit more. He's got he's got big giant legs he needs to use them. He's just drive off the the mound better. He needs to have a little bit better finish and not release the baseball so tall to where he's not getting the velocity he needs and it's not going where he wants it to go. Sinker needs to be – I'll say this. He has to have the sinker. He needs to dominate right. He's the only way he's going to do that with, is with the sinker. And if he has the sinker, the slider will be, will be better because of the location of the sinker, the movement on that pitch, the tunneling, the later break on it. So I, I think that's an easy – answer for people that don't know how to talk about pitching is it's the it's the, and that's not you I'm not saying it's you but I'm saying that's a, a very easy way for somebody who don't know how to talk about baseball and pitching to say oh is it the atmosphere and is it gonna not he's not gonna be able to work through it, it as no, for me anyway it has nothing to do with it I do know we've seen Petey walk out there and put his hand on his shoulder which is a little odd quite frankly never seen that before so I do think he's fighting some things but I'm not sure what he's fighting is the atmosphere How's that? I uh, listen. I, I'm I'm with you completely. I I think I tend to think that the atmosphere is something that compounds the situation for him. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't believe it causes it. But he's learning how to to control it. Yeah, it, I I think it when things when things are going well for him, it's great. When things aren't going well for him and they're not right now, it can be an issue for him. But you know what? That's in big games last year when he same, was pitching against teams. That's the same with he other, wasn't fired up. Yeah, I was going to say, and that, it's the same thing. It's yeah. the same thing for any other pitcher. Things are going well. Yeah, the emotion is great. Things are going poorly. You know, the emotion can sometimes can sometimes work against you. But I, I'm just, I got a good feeling. I have no idea why. I just got a good feeling about Manoa in this start. I do. I got a good feeling about Manoa in this start coming up. Well, you're going to need it. And if you get that and you see what you're already getting from the rotation, as I said, the end of next week. Well, that's why you get the big money. But the end of next week, I may I, be removing the rotation I, from my list of concerns. I think it's a little bit. It's amazing how we go from one to the other right of now. Of course now it is. Sports talk it's radio. not the rotation anymore. It's a little it, worried about Barrios it's, it's year and Yusei Kikuchi, and now it's... You know what? Not Yusei Kikuchi and Jose Barrios. There's no such thing as big picture in sports talk radio. Big picture is tomorrow. <laughs> big picture is tomorrow. Well, it's track record. And track record had told you that those two guys at the back end of your rotation hadn't been real good. And they need to be better if they're going to go where they want to go. So, yeah, it's warranted. But, I don't know. I think, I think again, if his sinker's better, if he has a little bit more, he's mechanically sound enough to be able to have a decent finish. And the velocity's there. Look at the velocity. Can't be 88. He can't be forcing it where it's 97. Can't be that. Can't be that way, right? That's where he's trying to force it like the first game of the season. I don't think it had so much to do with it's the first game of the season as of it's just not coming out hot. I, I need to force it to make it come out hot. Yeah. So it's got to be it's got to be somewhere in the middle. If it's in the middle, it'll move. It'll start. It'll locate. He'll be better. He'll be better. Yeah. It'll be. Uh, ah, you know what? Saturday in the Bronx. Be a big deal. Be fun.
I think it's a good time for these dudes to be facing the Yankees. I guess. Oh, I don't think they pay any attention to that. Oh, I think they're it, more worried about themselves. No, well, yeah, you George, know what? George Springer's yeah, not worried about yeah, the Yankees. He's more worried, more worried about hitting baseballs hard, That's real true. hard. Doesn't matter who he's facing right now. He wants I, to hit it, baseball, Well, so. everybody's good now. Everybody throws hard now. Everybody has a slider now. Uh, Todd Frazier is co-host of Foul Territory. He's also a Yes Network analyst, former major leaguer, one of about 4,335 dudes who have played him. with Kevin Barker as well. Todd Frazier joins <laughs> us on Blair and Barker. Mr. Frazier, thank you so much for doing this. You got it, man. Good to talk to you guys. So we did not – we were going to have you on before the whole Max Scherzer stuff happened yesterday. Now I know that you had uh, you had Max on 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 the podcast, and he was Max was talking about how there kind of has to be a different way of handling this, doing it less publicly. This is before, of course, yesterday happened. I, I want to ask you as a as a former hitter and a former player, how do you view what what happened yesterday? Like, because I got to think there are guys that are going. I, I've got to think there are hitters who've been going. Finally, somebody's doing something about these guys. But I've also no, got to think. Not. I've also got to think there are major leaguers going. Really? Like this is what it's become? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple ways to look at it. To be honest, you know, from talking to Max last week about this whole situation, I I brought it up about the sticky stuff, and his his, his big problem was he said, "Listen, that you know, rosin and sweat is going to make your hand sticky." So now. You know, why it's just weird hearing all this coming out now after all of a sudden, you know, we have these problems going on with uh, spider tech and, you know, rosin and uh, whatever, whatever guys are using to put on their hands. And next thing you know, a couple of days later, he gets caught with it. The, the problem I'm having with it, they brought him inside. They told him to get him a new glove, got a new glove, washed his hands off, and there was an MLB worker there that, you know, follow through, watch him do everything. Then he goes out there and he gets in trouble. So as a player standpoint, that's a big problem. But for me, wouldn't you just honestly not put anything on your hands as you go out there and throw and just take your chance? I mean, I, I don't know. It's uh, It can go one way or another. You know, as a hitter, you're probably like, all right, thank God these guys are getting caught. And now, like, it just seems like it's just too much. And, you know, Phil Cuzzy's been a part of that, all three of them as an umpire. So now you're wondering what the heck's going on with him too. So, we got to figure out some stuff here along the way. Phrase, what, what, what's too much? Well, that, that's the issue, right, is, is what's too much? You just mentioned it. Yeah. He gets a new glove. He, he's, a, he's a caker. Like, he's going to cake it on his he's arm. He's going to put it in his, you know, it's going to be on his glove because if he gets a new ball, he's going to rub it up. It's going to be in the inside of his glove, yeah. right? It's going to be on there. Yeah. My question is, what's too much? That's the thing. How do I, they fix I, it? I, I, yeah, I, I think that maybe the people or the umpires need to, get some more work done to feel what is, you know, uh, rosin, what's not, um, you know, do we, do we take away the sandbag behind uh, the pitcher's mound? I mean, I don't know what too much is, but there is a problem for some reason it happened once and now it's just happening all the time. Uh, are we going to let pitchers put stuff on their hand? Cause as a hitter, I want them to have some kind of feel too. Mm-hmm. because I don't want to get, you know, these balls are slick as it is. When I played in Japan in the Olympics, they made a ball where it had, it kind of, it felt like it was lotioned up, but it wasn't slippery at all. It was a nice, smooth tack around it. They didn't need anything else. And, um, you know, it did feel like the ball was softer, but it, it, it made an easier feel so pitchers didn't have to put anything on their hand. They didn't even need the rosin, to be honest with you. So 
they got to go back to the drawing board on this because this is going to happen a lot more, and umpires are going to get a lot of scrutiny for it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, your point about the the ball they used in Japan is amazing. I mean, like this is a seven billion dollar industry. I mean, good lord, you know, at some Figure point, and what's what is the most important thing, right? What can't you can't play without the ball? It's like. I mean, we, it's, yeah. at some point, it can't be that hard to sit down and, I mean, at least experiment with it. Try it in spring training. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe guys don't like the balls. But, man, you got to you just got to do something that allows you to standardize it because otherwise, you know, otherwise you're going to get in a situation where you're entirely dependent and, uh, on, on, on the umpire, who the umpire is that particular day. And that's ain't right. I mean, that's just not. No, no, it's not right. So it's it's something MLB is going to have to figure out um, what to do, um, just like the new rules they have going on right now. They can figure something out during the season here. Why not? So uh, you guys just had a chance to see uh, Shohei Otani versus um, versus versus Aaron Judge. Uh, you know, I, I was telling Barker we we replayed the clips of Aaron Judge catching that, pulling that home run back and. I said, man, can you imagine if, uh, if those two guys were teammates? The series wraps up today, Nestor Cortez against Patrick Sandoval. Uh, Todd, where are the Yankees right now? When you look at that team, what are you seeing? Um, I'm seeing uh, a good ball club. You know, not great right now. The injury bug is getting to them. I said in the beginning of the year, if they could stay around 500 for the first month, month and a half, even two months, I think they're going to be good just because of the injuries. Um, they need to produce more runs, especially at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, the bullpen's been doing pretty good um, since, you know, they've had injuries there too as well. You, you hear me repeat myself, injuries, mm-hmm. injuries, That's the, and it's the start of the year. So it's not a good thing, but again, if they can figure out ways to win, get a 3-2 victory here, hold uh, the other team to less runs um, or not as many runs, uh, they're going to be okay, but yes, they're going to have to. They need to produce at the bottom of the lineup, and I think that's the biggest thing right now going forward. Fraser Anthony Volpe's hit, hit leadoff, uh, I think, yesterday. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I think in, in spring training, especially, you saw what he can do and what he can attribute. Um, he's walking a lot, and I think that's really hard as a young player coming up in your first year because you want to swing the bat. I know you and me, we were up there swinging, man. We weren't that's trying right. to get cheated, but he's taking a He's taking a lot of pitches, getting on base, causing havoc with that jump steal and everything he's doing. And, uh, yeah, I think it's great for Judge, too, man. Get a guy in second base with, you know, no outs, hit a single now and drive him in. I think that's going to bode well for the Yankees. Todd, I really get a sense from a distance that when you, you look at guys like, like Volpe and Pedraza and, 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 and some of the other young guys we're going to see, it's really given that team a bit of a jolt, hasn't it? Like I watched the, the first series of the year, and there's there's an excitement with Volpe, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, and energy. There's a yes. different energy. You know, you think you think Yankee baseball, home runs. You think of all the prowess and all these guys and what they do. And this guy's coming in here and kind of changing it up a little bit. Hey, I'm going to get on base. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do and let the guys take care of that, you know, with the big guns like Stanton and and Rizzo and Judge, um, you know, it's a combination of everything. You know, you got your guys that are figuring out, what am I supposed to do on this team? Well, I'm supposed to get on base. I'm supposed to get the guy in. And they're figuring out their role. And when you figure out your role and not try and do too much, it makes a really, really good team. Garrett Cole just off to a hot starter, or is he doing something different? <laughs> 
I think he's off to I think he's off to a hot start. And I also, you know, and I'm thinking about this. There's a lot more uh, electronical things now too, as well. Because I heard the other day when he pitched against Cleveland, his fastball was working. And next thing you know, I think he had a bullpen session and figured out something with the computer system saying something was not clicking with his fastball. So he started off with more off-speed pitches. So that's kind of crazy to me. Mm. But understandably, they're figuring more stuff out. And with his mechanics and with his drive and the way he pitches, you know, why not work the off-speed that day, you know, if the fastball wasn't working? And he still did well. Gave up two runs in the first inning, and that's all, that's all that happened through seven or eight innings. Now, you mentioned injuries with this team. Obviously, Giancarlo Stanton, the topic of conversation, out for out for six weeks. Um, what does his absence mean to this lineup? And, and when you couple that with the fact that, you know, they haven't been getting much from guys like, well, Aaron Hicks, they haven't gotten much from him for a while, but uh, Kiner Falafa, I, I, how do they overcome the, the absence of Stanton combined with the issues they were already seeing in the bottom of the order? Yeah, well, I want to say this. They... They don't need to hit the home runs. They don't need to be the guy that drives in the runs. They need to find ways to get on base and put the ball in play. You see a lot more strikeouts in the bottom of the lineup. Um, they're figuring out where to put guys. You got Willie Calhoun. Is he going to play more days than none? Aaron Hicks. You know, like you said, Falefa. We got Oswald Peraza. You know, there's a lot of guys you could put in there, but I, they need one or two of those guys to be big time. You know, whether it's a single, whether it's taking that walk and. To, to produce, get on base. And, and I think that's where they get away from, you know, exit velocity. People talk about the numbers, exit velocity, this and that. A hit's not always, not, not always going to get it done, but finding a way to get on base and putting the ball in play, I think that's going to be a big, big thing for the Yankees coming forward. And, I mean, how many runs are they going to put up? We'll see. We don't know. Frazier, you see Judge up close and personal a lot. I, I, I got to ask, being 6'7", is there one thing that stands out to you, batting cage, when you, when you see him hit on the field early? Is there one thing that stands out to you? You know, we were a tie bottom hand hitter, right? Drive down and through it. You want the barrel to be the yeah. last thing you see. I don't think he can do that, right? To be the best that he can be because of his height, got to get it in way back there, right? You got to give yourself a chance to... The strike zone's a little lower. You got to be able to get that barrel in way behind your back leg. What are you seeing from him that's special? Yeah, and that and that works for him. I, I think for guys like you and me, like you said it perfect. Bottom hand, drive down through the ball. But this guy's a monster. And I think the special part about him, watching his BP, it's right center, right center, center field, everything. If he pulls the ball, he's not happy about it. And that's the power that he has. I remember when I played with him and we were in Toronto, he, he came within about 10 feet from hitting one of the hotel rooms in dead center field. And I'm telling you, I, I, I just, I looked at him and I felt, I'm like, Jesus, how does that happen on BP fastballs? And he said, listen, Todd, I'm working the other way. I'm trying to go the other way. And if somebody throws me a mistake, like last night, three, two fastball right down the plate, I'm gonna dep- he's going to deposit that in left center field. So his approach is right. His mind is right. And you see him. He's got a smile on his face, and he's, mm-hmm. he's not worried about anything else because he knows the pitcher's got the problem, not me, Ooh. or not him. Todd, last question before you let you run. What's the atmosphere been like with Shohei Otani in the Bronx? Because obviously, you know, we all know what his contractual status is. We, you know, we, I think just about every baseball fan and planet closes their eyes and imagines Shohei Otani and the jersey of his team. Um, what's, the, what's the atmosphere been like there? Is it, is it different? because this is kind of his 
you know, it's almost like the circus has come to town, right? Here comes the Otani free agent circus. Get your tickets now. Yeah, well, let's let's think about this. On T- we're watching the game, and the first thing you see are their Shohei Otani jerseys being sold at Yankee Stadium. I, <laughs> I can't remember another player's jersey being sold at Yankee Stadium. That's got to be something in its own mind. But, yeah, it's different. You see more jerseys there. Uh, you see the fans a little more excited when he gets up there. Um, it's a spectacle, man. And I actually, I'm, I'm in for all of it. I think he's one of the, he's, he's probably the best player in baseball right now. And if you're not excited to watch him pitch or hit, uh, there's something wrong with you, especially if you're a baseball fan. But yeah, you know, with him and Trout facing each other in the World Baseball Classic, that kind of kickstarted a year to get baseball going again. And I think it's just been taken off ever since. And, you know, we might not never see a guy like this ever again in baseball. So sit back and enjoy the ride, baseball fans. Nice. Todd, really good of you to do this, man. Congratulations on the new gig. Congratulations on the new podcast. And keep it going, my You're friend. You're the best, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Tell Hayes I said what's up, Absolutely. Man. See you, man. All righty. Take care. This is Todd Fraser, coast of foul territory and, yes, network analyst. Um, yeah, I afraid that somebody sent out a picture of that of the Otani jersey being sold, the Angels mm-hmm. jersey being sold at, uh, at the Yankee Stadium gift shop. Yep. Which is a big deal. It is. It's a big deal. It's kind of like a Yankee game, uh, you know, being. I wonder if they would do it here. Sell Otani jerseys at the Blue Jays gift shop. If they could make some money, maybe. That's what it's all about, right? That's why the Yankees are doing. Why the Yankees are doing Apple games. You know, you never thought I'd see the 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 Yankees doing Apple games. (laughs) Absolutely, because Apple's paying them a ton of money. That's uh, that's why you do it. It's a thing, right? It's a show. It's a. I don't want to say it's a circus, but when the unicorn comes to town. I mean, you take, it, circus, you take advantage of that. So, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing what he does, both sides of the ball. We, we, all, we all know that. And, and to, you know, and, and judges sort of, this is my house. Like, you want to you wanna show up a little do, bit, I think. Um, do you got concerns about the do – you, do you got concerns? Bad, 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 bad. I do not. Do you have concerns about the Yankees lineup? I do not. Because it is, you know, when you look at it, like, it's – it's thin in spots. Man. Yeah, it's a little it's like the Blue thin. Jays, right? It's, it's like you're trying. Exactly. You're trying to figure out who you are. You're trying. You got some certain guys that you really don't know what they're going to do. You're trying to, you know, let them stay there. Try and figure it out. Yankees no different. I mean, it's about health. They got their lineup. It's like their rotation. If they have their full rotation, it's one of the top Dude, three or four best rotations in baseball. You can't argue it. Todd Fra- Todd Frazier made an interesting point about the Yankees, and he said that he thought. If they could play 500, I think he said 500 or close to 500, over yeah. 500 the first two months of the season, he thought they'd be okay. Let's flip that. If the Jays are two, three games over uh, 500 or around 500 after two months, let me ask you. How, how would you feel about it? Let me ask you too. Let me ask you a question. Well, everybody, everything's equal. My team's fully healthy. Your team's fully healthy. Which two? Which of the two teams, the Blue Jays and the Yankees, have a better chance of going on a 15 and two run? Fully healthy? That's what I said. Equal equal teams. I'm, my my I'm, talent's I'm, healthy, I'm, your talent's healthy. The Yankees, I think. There you go. The Yankees. Rotation, Yankee Stadium. I mean, fully healthy, the runs, Yankees rotation is a That's beast. what I just said. That's why I picked them yeah. to go to the World Series. You, that's, it's, you're going to hang your hat on a fully healthy yeah. rotation. If they're not, obviously, you can point to that. My team's healthy. Your team's healthy. Which team has a better? Look at the Astros last year. Why they separated themselves is a 15-2 and two run. Yeah. That's what did it. Which team has a better chance of doing that? Right now, you see the Blue Jays. 
Think they got it in them? No. 15-2 run. But right now, I don't think the Yankees have it in them either. That's what I'm saying. I This is why I think maybe neither team can go 500 for a month and a half. Yeah. There's some better teams in the American I, I League guess now. The, I guess the other way to Might look. Might be some surprise teams in the American League. The other way to look at it is, absent a trade, which of these two teams could be better in two months down the road just from within? The Yankees. I mean, in terms of health. Yeah. They could, they they would, I would think they would be the better team. I, again, absent, absent a trade. I, I, I don't want to read, <clears throat> I don't want to read a whole bunch into, into the Astros series, but it's just, I know you've talked about this a lot. You talked about it a lot all year, and I've kind of agreed with you. They don't have a cleanup hitter, and I've kind of thought, okay, well, maybe they can make it work. Maybe they can find a guy. But this series, there was something about this series, and maybe last night in particular, that just made me look at that lineup. Hi, and just, Hi, uh, no, it made me look at that lineup and think, there's, yeah, there's just something. Let me ask you a question. Something so, not there. My superstar is Aaron Judge. Your superstar is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Which one you think will have the better season? Well, that 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 plays into this. This gets back to my fifteen. Is Vladdy, and two, my is, fifteen and two run? You're sure Vladdy's my superstar? 15, oh yeah. You sure, ha- you sure? I'll say this: he'll have to be. You sure it's not the shortstop? He'll, ha- he'll have to. But the shortstop can't drive it. He's not going to drive in 125 runs. He's hitting second. He ain't gonna. Vladdy will because of who he's hitting behind, and he can put up a bunch of crooked numbers by hitting 40 or 50 homers. If he gets hot mechanically, he can do that. Can Bo do that? Never seen Bo do it. I've seen Vladdy do it, and I saw him do it half half the time in a minor league park. Maybe that's why he's not getting paid. I'm asking the question. It's a legitimate question about you want to stack the two teams up. You're wondering how I, which team legit. can win 100 games, which team can go deeper in the playoffs. It's a, it's a legit question. That's why everybody said about the Astros last year, right? Getting off to a slow start, seven and nine or whatever it was, and then went on that fifteen and two run. Which team in the American League, especially in the American League East, can go on a fifteen and two run? We've, the, we've hey, already the, seen one the team. The, well, play the bad teams. Run. You're gonna the play race. some bad teams. Yeah. You're gonna play the same teams the race play. Maybe not consecutive, over and over again. But yeah, I, I got to I just watching how the Rays have kind of gone about their business after that streak was snapped. Well, that's hard. Baseball is hard. Like you gotta. They just. Like we've talked about. It. They just. They just find another arm. They find another arm to compete. If the Blue Jays lost Severino, think that how, how Severino, Severino? I would think it's sort of like Alec Manoa. Compare. If you they, if they lose Alec Manoa for say two months. That's the point. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying this is why you go, what you're looking at both of these teams, how can they handle it getting off to starts? Todd was right. Which team could go 500 and then make that big run when everybody's healthy and go on that 13-0 and run or that 14-1 and run or that 16-3 and run? Like, that's a big question. Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. A little bit of news out of Oakland today, I guess. The good news? It's good news, right? The Oakland Athletics saying that they have purchased land in Vegas or purchased an option for land in Vegas. Some we'll mad talk to, possums. We'll talk to we'll talk to Passon about that. Um, it appears as if the rubbers met the road. I mean, this Oakland That's thing's gone on. Yeah, it's bad. gone on forever. Uh, Jeff Passon joins us. The back leg line as well. Four one six four one three three nine five nine. Promise you. Promise you. Promise you. We will get to it. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety. The fans. Sportsnet three sixty. And wherever you get your favorite podcast. 
breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360. If you're watching us on TV, hello, Mom. Your folks getting us back in the States now? Nope. Still, there's still an issue there? Stopped asking. Okay. Dad's chapped. There's some sort of... Well, he knows. I know he's, he's chapped. chapped. He's, I know he's chapped because he, he hasn't sent me any texts telling me, kick my son's ass. I haven't received that lately. Well, because you, you couldn't do that, first of all. Well, that's true. And... He knows better, but he does. Every now and then, he sends you a text and saying, "You just be a little, be a little nicer." And Jeff, he's old and he's, you know, uh, he's trying to accept when he's wrong, which is a lot of the times, and unleash. Huh? I've been on a roll. Yeah, you you baby the umpires a lot. I give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. I will. I just I will. don't like. Oh, I, don't hurt their feelings. I don't like excuses. <laughs> They're stealing <clears throat> enough money as it is. <laughs> Stop it. Let's bring in Jeff Passan. ESPN's MLB insider. Mr. Passon. Uh, My second favorite, Jeff. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, wait well, a minute. You, you, were looking at, you were looking at me when you said <laughs> it. You'd... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I got a theory here. I think Max Scherzer's done this deliberately. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. To force a showdown sure. over this because he's already chapped about the pitch timer. Uh, you're I not mean, buying it, are you? No, I don't think he's going to get suspended for 10 games to make a point. Mm. I mean, that's, that's, I, I guess they could finagle the, you know, when the suspension starts to make it, make him miss only one start. But uh, at the same time, man, like every start is extremely valuable when you're in that division. Why? And I just, I don't know. I have a, it, nothing's going to change, Jeff. That's the thing. Okay, like, that's where uh, I was me, going. Let, yeah. let me, yeah, let me, let me, let me ask you this. And this is not a rhetorical question. This is a question that, after spending a fair amount of time thinking about this, I, I don't have a good answer to. What can they do? Like, what can they Eliminate do it. differently? Well, that's yeah, the only thing. I mean, yeah, and and I just I don't think they're going to do that because I think they they saw the game and how bastardized it had gotten with the spin rates being where they were and uh, with the the excellence in pitching that comes from it. And listen, maybe that like you can make an argument that that is a reasonable counter to what the pitch clock hath wrought, which is uh, an even better offensive environment than there was before, but. I think Major League Baseball, you know, though it will never admit it publicly, sees that as a feature, not a bug. Jeff, mm-hmm. why why is Phil Cuzzy the only person calling this? <laughs> it's kind of funny, isn't it? It is. That's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not by chance. I would imagine either. Um, are, are you guys aware of of the testing that umpires went through this off season and how that all went? No, no. Uh, essentially, there was training that went on where. Uh, the, the way it was relayed to me is that there were like a half dozen people who had different mixes of substances on their hands. You know, one person had spider tack and another had rosin and sweat and another had rosin and sunscreen. And MLB said to the umpires, okay, 
which ones of these are legal and which ones of these are not based on the stickiness. And I know, you know, the like Scott Boris ripped off a great one liner, like, are, are we really going to rely on the Phil Cousy spectrometer? No, here that was to, brilliant to, line. Yeah, to, to determine what the suspension is going to be. But uh, the umpires essentially were, were given a, a tactile test and were told this is what is okay and this is what is not. And if you listen to Dan Bellino uh, and Phil Cousy, the, uh, the crew chief and, and the umpire who called Scherzer for this yesterday after the game, they were saying that in our objective opinion, this was the stickiest we had felt on somebody's hand in the three years that we've been doing this. And it's going to be really hard to overturn the umpire's word in an arbitration setting. So I anticipate Max Scherzer will be suspended for 10 games. And I anticipate that that uh, that will be held up despite his protestations otherwise, because the, the literature that was sent out by MLB to clubs has said, even if it's just rosin, uh, that can be a foreign substance. Yeah, we just had Todd Frazier on, and he was talking about, and I, I know you, you've written about this as well, but he was talking about how when he played, uh, in the, I think he said the Olympics in Japan. He did. Th- they used a ball that had a tactile, you know, that, that was tacky, that, that already was yep. tacky. It was, And he said it felt like there was a lotion on it, mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is there is some stickiness there. Mm. Um, I, I, th- I was under the impression baseball was sort of looking into this and, and do you yeah. know, are we, clo- fact, are we close to this or? No, we are not close to this. It's be, there's a ball being tested in the Southern league, which is double a right now. And, uh, from what I've been told, there hasn't been all that great progress. Uh, MLB tried a, MLB tried a couple of balls, I think in the Arizona fall league, maybe last year or the year before, and one of them, it was it was so bad it just got pulled out of circulation, like mid-test. They just, you know, quashed it. Um, they, like, they say it's not easy coming up with a ball that is tacky but not sticky. That uh, is is sort of the the three little bears just right. Um, you know, they they have not found that yet, and because of that, they're in this position now where. One of the best pitchers in baseball, future Hall of Famer, is facing a 10-game suspension despite seemingly doing everything right. You know, he went and you can't uh, – anyone who's had pine tar on his or her hands understands, uh, or, or even rosin, that washing it off with soap and water, it just doesn't work. It's almost like – I think the closest equivalent is if you've been by a maple tree and you've gotten tree sap on your hands – it, like dude, soap and water don't work on tree sap, right? right. Uh, so Max Scherzer put alcohol, rubbing alcohol on his hands to get the stuff off. And then he added a little bit of rosin back to it. And when you put rosin and rubbing alcohol together, same thing happens. Right. Um, you know, it's going to get extremely sticky. And I, I think that's what happened here. And I, it's it's important to understand because I don't think it's fair to run around and suggest that Max Scherzer is trying to cheat because I don't think he was. And, you know, the guy goes out and swears on his children, tend to believe him. Um, but intent does not matter here. It's a very black and white thing. If the stuff on your hands is too sticky, you're going to get run from the game and suspended because there is an automatic 10 game suspension that comes with that. And uh, chances are you are not going to win an appeal. Paint thinner. 
Any good Canadian will tell you if you want to get maple syrup off or maple sap off your hands, use paint thinner. There you go. I don't know what happens when you put paint thinner and rosin together, but I would assume it's probably pretty much the same thing. It probably pretty much is. Um, yeah, Kevin and I had this conversation too. This is going a little bit off, off, but you know, I to me, part of this, it's it's almost getting to the point where it's a bit of a consumer confidence issue too, you know, because no if you're trying to get people and everybody, everybody wants people to gamble in games. Everybody wants people. They promote it. You know, if I've, if I've got, if I got some money and I'm putting it down in a game, I'm looking at Phil Cousy. I'm going, I don't know, you know, do it. <laughs> but I mean, I'm serious. That that's, I, I know, I know you're serious. Same that's thing kind of the next logical Paul, jump here. Right? Yes. You know, do I really yeah. want to put money down and, and, and and I know I mean talking to talking to people uh, with, with the NBA has always kind of had this thing about they've always been very well of course there's a history of gambling in, in basketball as well but they've always kind of had this thing about the unintended consequences of rules right when it comes to gambling I'm sure uh, it, there, it is a thing and 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 you 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 have to you have to think about it I want to move on to the Oakland Athletics thing is this a done deal now that they've got land can, can in I, Vegas can I can I can I put a button on yes. on the last subject sure. because I think it's it's important to note this. Um, sticky stuff suspensions have been around since the summer of 2021. Hector Santiago got popped in 2021. Caleb Smith got popped in 2021. Nobody did in 2022. So I just want to, I want to use that to illustrate. um, I don't think this is a particularly commonplace thing that we're going to see, but you know, when it's somebody of, of the ilk of Max Scherzer, we're going to pay attention to it. Yeah, and Phil Cuzzy now, uh, all three of them. Well, all three of them, but also Phil Cuzzy is as he had po- he's had postseason assignments, has he not too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I, that's you know, again, it's just a, something to talk about. Uh, Oakland, is this a done deal? They're going to Vegas. I don't think it's done, done, but I think it's like pending physical. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think. I think there are probably still, uh, you know, I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed. But the fact is the, the A's have a purchase agreement in place for a uh, 50 or so acre swath of land right off the strip. And uh, when you have something like that in place and when politicians in California are saying, you know, we're not even going to bother engaging anymore, if this doesn't go through, it's the ultimate disaster in like two decades of disastrous dealings. But uh, was this not like the inevitability that everybody right. saw coming? Uh, you know, as as bad as I feel for the city of Oakland, losing the Raiders, uh, losing the Warriors yeah. across the bay. Um, this, you know, this has been. Uh, this has been the seeming ending for a long time now. And when Dave Cavill, the, the A's president, says, you know, we've been in the past on a parallel path, and, and you can believe him or not believe him, but we've been on a parallel path in the past with Las Vegas and Oakland. We are not on a parallel path anymore. That says to me everything that you need to know, that this is going to happen and uh, that Major League Baseball is going to be moving to Las Vegas. And at this point, my only question is how soon is Tampa Bay going to get resolved? And and when we know where the Rays are going to be, uh, the expansion demolition derby starts. Yeah, that was my next question. This is the, there are dominoes to go here, aren't there? With with this move. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, you know I'll be really curious to see what MLB prioritizes in this. So we know a few things. We know number one 
that the expansion fee is going to be about $2 billion. So that's $4 billion that can be distributed among 30 teams. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an enormous windfall for everybody involved here. Uh, I think we know that there's a lot of momentum on Nashville side uh, between the fact that they've had a group uh, consortium in place working there for a few years now and that there are some pretty significant names attached to it. Uh, I think Nashville is a favorite, but that second team, uh, is the league going to prioritize having another team out on the West Coast? Because there's going to be realignment when this happens, and it's probably going to be eight four-team divisions. And does that mean that a Portland or Salt Lake City uh, jumps to the forefront? And if, if geography is not part of this, uh, how big of a factor is Charlotte going to be? Uh, or are we going to see Montreal in the fray? I mean, there, you know, there are a number of cities that want Major League Baseball to come to them and a number of good choices, frankly. Do you think there's any chance, any chance at all that Mexico factors in here, whether it's the, the Monterey, which has frequently been mentioned, or Mexico City? I think Mexico will be in the conversation, but I think uh, political instability right. down there is probably going to be the thing that keeps it from happening. Pass, I'm going to let you scoot. Appreciate Great you doing stuff. this. Not even a question on the J. Nah. Yeah. Uh, Barker wanted to ask you about Vladdy's contract. We've already Absolutely done that. Absolutely not. I was, well, there was a, a question about the pitch timer yesterday, but I'm going to leave that for another day. Yes. Let's leave it for another day then. Boys, we'll do that. It was a pleasure. Have, have a great weekend. Thanks a lot, buddy. Jeff Passan, MLB Insider with ESPN. Because we got the Jays all figured out. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we do. Yeah. Let's see if the callers have gotten figured out. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Frank in London, you have a question for Mr. Barker. Just wondering, do you think that uh, Kirky got uh, reamed out when he got to the dugout after the second inning, calling the the third best pitch on a three and two count to what the number eight, number nine hitter. Hey, big, big time in that game right there. I don't think that Kirk calls as good a game as Jansen does. And Jansen did such a good job with Berea's last time. He should have been there yesterday for the full game. Anyway, thanks a lot. Bye now. Appreciate the call, Frank. Kevin, you got some thoughts. I mean, I, I don't know who calls what now. I mean, the pitcher's got it's fair, control. It's a fair question. It's I, a fair I, question. I, well, I think it's, the, I think it's the, the, the pitcher and the catcher now because of the pitch clock. You've got to be in a hurry. can't be looking at no dugout trying to figure out what pitch to yep. call, trying to relay that to the pitcher. So I'm, I would certainly think that the game plan going in, and it's the feel, and it's the flow, and it's who's up. And, I mean, I have a real tough time with how late in the game that Brios went and how good it looked from those two to really pick, but I guess, I mean, if you want to think that, I mean, I pointed out in the telecast, I thought the same thing. I just kind of scratched my head. Joe Settle says that a lot too about, you know, it looks like sometimes that the, you know, it's just odd that you don't attack with your best pitch, especially the bottom of the order. But I mean, you can't argue if you got good feel for a pitch, you feel like that's how you're going to get somebody out. You know, I, you, you he's throwing it. You made a, you made a, blame the pitcher. You made a terrific point during one of the breaks about the catching situation. Yeah, it is. I almost get the sense that John Schneider wants to move away from the whole personal catcher thing. No question. Absolutely. We'll ask him tomorrow, but it's absolutely a fact. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jansen catching Manoa Manoa at some point. I don't know. 
I just I've I've had that sense since I've had that sense since spring training. Kirk Manoa, Jansen, and Yusei Kikuchi are those are the two sort of marriages, and then everywhere else it's John don't want to feel like he has to put this guy in. It's the hot hand. If one guy's hitting better than the other guy, he'll be catching. Nobody's hitting at the bottom of the order. With Merrifield's hitting, yeah. I guess. Yeah, Danny's not. But I mean, Danny's Danny. We, you know what? I guess, but you still got to hit. Like yeah. they're, again, they're trying to trying to win baseball games when they can. Marcus in Mississauga has got an interesting question. Go ahead, Marcus. What do you guys think about Vlad hitting cleanup? Bingo. I know Barker has said that they don't really have a cleanup hitter, and I agree. They don't. Um, and I, I've heard him compare him to Albert Pujols. And Absolutely. Albert Pujols, for 10 years in a row, hit over 300, hit over 30 home runs, mm-hmm. and drove in 100 runs a year. Yeah. Um, so he was a run producer. So, I mean, if Vlad is anything close to that, then he'll drive in runs as well. So I know you want to get Vlad a guaranteed at bat in the first inning which is why he's hitting third, I guess. But, um, yeah, what do you guys think about him hitting cleanup? I love your show, and thanks. Thank, thank, you. thank you, Marcus. Um, okay. We've talked about the importance of the big inning. We've talked about maybe that's why you move Bo down there. Run. I, it's an obvious question. It's an obvious question, and maybe we haven't talked about it enough. Because for some reason, the idea is, oh, leave Vladdy where he is, leave Vladdy where he is. Why not move Vladdy to the cleanup spot? Let me ask you a question. Eighth inning with two outs. Facing the dude that throws 99 who's right-handed with a slider. Who would you rather him face? Varsho or Vladdy? or Varsho? I'd rather him face Vladdy. Then that's your answer. It's one, two, three in the eighth inning with the bases loaded, oh, nobody out. The first guy got out on the line drive. The second isn't? guy punched out. What if it isn't one, two, well, three? Well, what though? if it is? What if it isn't? What if it is? You're playing for the big again. This gets I. It's, it's it's, it's. If you take him out of that spot, who hits where he hits? Who hits second? Like well, there's. My point is, if you're gonna, if if you're considering, if you would consider moving Bichette into the second spot or into the cleanup spot and putting Kiermaier or Varsho, whoever up there, why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you? I'm not saying they won't. Vlad, around, the, but... the only reason I wouldn't do that is because then I think if you do that, if you take Vladdy out, then I think you got to move Bo down in the lineup, and I don't like. You know, now I, now you're changing two guys instead of just one. That's the only reason yeah, I, I think they're but thinking. Kevin, they're I, thinking who's my best three hitters? I think that's well, what they're thinking. You know what? It did not work yesterday. It hasn't worked I, I, a couple I, I of would, times I, this I would year. Bet and it you, did I, not. I work. would bet, and you would say this too. You will take it twenty times out of twenty times with those three guys coming up with the bases loaded, nobody out in the eighth inning. Twenty times out I of would, twenty times. If you say otherwise, you're lying. I would love. I would rather. See this lineup because they're not they're not getting that big inning right now. I'd like to see what it looks like with Vladdy hitting cleanup or Bo hitting cleanup. Why not? Maybe you will. Why not? It's not like I'm like I think if you have an option that can fill in the blank, let's have a look at it. An option. Let's have a look at it. It's going to be any worse than it Dal- is right Dal- now. Dalton Varsho broken zero for fifteen last night. Like it's it's he says it bats don't look great. When in, Kevin Kiermaier? I've like, had this thing. When in doubt, have your number two hitter be, be a lefty hitter that can use the field a maybe, little bit. Maybe, maybe. Kiermaier, Varsho, I don't care. Maybe Why not? No one's saying you have to do it forever. Let's see what it looks like. Of course, I can say that because I'm not managing the team. But anyhow. Jays have today off. They will be back in action tomorrow. We'll be back in action tomorrow at 10 to noon Eastern. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk as well tomorrow night. Thanks for joining us for Jen, Lance, and Mark. Have a great day.